In the name of Jesus, amen. In today's reading from Colossians 3, Paul tells Christians to put on patience. It's interesting, at least to me, that Paul uses a clothing image, as this indicates that patience is not a virtue that's naturally within us, but a virtue that we need to outfit ourselves with. This really sounds something like a daily routine. When you get up in the morning, remember to adorn yourself with patience. Patience is not one of those pieces of armor that Paul talks about in Ephesians chapter 6, you know, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, you know, shoes for being able to run around and spread the gospel. Nikes are better than Adidas for that. The shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit. That's all armory for battle. Patience. Uh, By contrast, that really seems to be an article of clothing for peace. But patience over what? Patience for whom? Patience why? Paul gives us a string of Christian virtues here. Compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Without giving us much attending description. If I were, you know, doing a tutorial with him, I'd say, you know, you want to give some examples here. So your reader knows what you're talking about. So what does patience mean? So to answer that, you know, one can start where many student papers go, to a dictionary. So that's where I went. Merriam-Webster.com, one of the favorite dictionaries of students, defines patience as the capacity, habit, or fact of being patient. That's wonderfully unenlightening, (laughs) right? That's a fine example of circular self-referential logic that should generally be avoided. Toss that one out. So I go to the better dictionary, the largest one, the Oxford English Dictionary, 23 volumes. And it defines patience as the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. That's a much better definition in terms of description. So we see here that patience is accepting or tolerating delay without blowing up. An example of this would be calmly waiting for more forks at the cafeteria while your food gets cold. (laughs) I'd try that one. Another would be commuting in Southern California, waiting and not honking with violent gestures to get to work on time in the midst of traffic on 405 and the 5. Another example would be waiting a whole 24 hours for a response to your email inquiry before criticizing the other person of being rude and lazy. Or uh, another example related to trouble or suffering might be refraining, refraining from retaliating in social media with a verbal and a modicon apocalypse against someone who posted something negative about something that you cherish, just fill in the blank there, or more seriously posted something rude about you. Patience is a virtue. People have long admired others who are patient. Aristotle's golden mean of ethics places patience in the virtuous middle of character habits, with anger and apathy as being those vicious extremes to avoid. Uh, This puts patience in the category of emotional response. When faced with a problem, indifference is to be avoided just as much as a hot temper. They're both wrong in that scheme of things. Instead, calmness and evenness is preferred. Aristotle sees a benefit to patience when he says, patience is bitter, but its fruit is sweet. In other words, being patient can be hard to handle, 
especially when one, what one deserves or desires is unjustly withheld or delayed, but patience yields a better outcome. We see this often observed today. People who can wait for delayed gratification tend to fare better in life than the people who constantly chase instant gratification. It's bitter to wait, but better. Patience is a virtue, but is delayed gratification or calmness what Paul is really talking about in Colossians 3? Now, many student papers run to the dictionary to define their terms or concepts, if that's the universal sort of way to understand things. The better papers will look to etymology and context to determine a word's specific meaning. So I'm hoping to write a better paper, so here's where I go with it, right? So the Greek word for patience in Colossians 3 is the noun makrothemia, which you already knew. And this is composed, right? Composed of two root words, macro meaning long, and themia meaning anger. Now, you always need to be careful with etymology, right? It's not saying that you should hold on to your anger for a long time, no. The point is more like the word means delayed anger, right? Or a more poetic way of saying it is patiently putting up with a fountain of feces, right? That's kind of what it's getting at. But we need to add some more nuance to this. Uh, we need to see how the term patience is actually being used by Paul in his letters and by other biblical texts. Here's the context, right? So when you look at this, an interesting pattern emerges. Of the 21 times that the word is used in the New Testament, the vast majority of, of the instances place patience in this context. Forbearance over judgment so that a person has the opportunity to repent of sin, be forgiven by God, and saved in Christ, all right? That's the kind of patience that's being talked about. So here are some representative examples. Romans chapter 2, verse 4 says, Do you presume on the riches of God's kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? Or in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 15 to 16, The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost... But I receive mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. So we might also look, and I did, at a related, you know, a related adjective, um, patient, and, and a related adverb, patiently, to see what those concepts are like, and here are some examples. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 23 to 25. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. The Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. Second Peter chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise of, and you've got to put in here, final judgment, as some would count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. These passages echo the Old Testament creed about God's patience and mercy that we see initially in uh, chapter 34 of Exodus. And here you hear this confession about God. The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, patient, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, 
keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. So here we see patience is being slow to anger so that sins may be forgiven in God's mercy and a right relationship restored you know, with God and then, of course, with each other. So with this context in mind, we can see that in Colossians 3, we get to have more sense of what's being talked about. Patience is not merely an emotional calmness or delayed gratification, but really a Christ-like character that we are to close ourselves with each day for the forgiveness and restoration of those who are around us. Notice then how Paul places patience immediately preceding this exhortation to bear with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgive each other, right? Those things in apposition are meant to illustrate what patience is all about. So here we see again that patience is this Christian virtue that withholds just execution of anger over sin so that, uh, you know, what happens is the person ends up bearing injustice, for a time at least, in order to extend what's not deserved, to extend forgiveness to the sinner and restore a broken relationship. And so why should we do this? Paul gets into this as well. He says, quote, As the Lord has forgiven you, so also you must forgive. We are to be patient, Paul says, because God has been patient with us. God did not punish us in his just anger, but delayed his own wrath and put up with the feces that we fling at him and everybody else all the time, right? God showed forbearance toward our sins so that we could have the opportunity to repent, receive forgiveness from Christ who took on our punishment for us, and be restored to God as his beloved children. As God has patiently put up with our sins, to give us salvation, we should put, put on patience to extend the same forgiveness and reconciliation to those people who sin against us. Yeah, Aristotle's partly right. Patience is bitter and its fruit is sweet, but we should lift our eyes beyond the bitterness that we experience in being patient and beyond any sweet fruits that we may experience in life with delayed gratification. We should look our lives more toward the sweetest fruit of patience that we find in the forgiven, restored lives of our neighbors, the people whom God has put in our lives to care for. May you be strengthened, as Paul says, with all power according to God's glorious might for all endurance and patience. Amen. <laughs>